Blog Talk Radio. Okay, we're uh, continuing along in a study of uh, the end times uh, based off of uh, our study, uh, our midweek Bible study in Second Thessalonians. And I'd like to uh, talk about uh, the topic of persecution, which uh, comes up right away in the book of Second Thessalonians. Uh, verses 3 and 4 of chapter 1, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you Endure. So we'll, uh, a couple studies from now, we'll we'll look at their very good <clears throat> response to the persecution and tribulation, which was uh, that they were enduring with patience and faith. Um, and uh, for today, we'll we'll look at uh, this word here, persecution. Next time, we'll look at the idea of tribulation. Now, this is. Um, very important these two words here persecution and tribulation there are others that are related to that uh to these two that are also important but uh we'll, we'll focus in on these two specifically the word persecution uh for this study and the reason i guess they're important is because when we're studying the end times um it, it, it much of the the prophecies that are in the Bible um, are set with the the are, are spoken with the backdrop of persecution. Uh, that becomes very clear uh, as you read not only Second Thessalonians but First Thessalonians. Uh, also, as you read about uh, the founding of this church in Thessalonica in the book of Acts, uh, Acts chapter 17. It was it, it started under uh, very difficult circumstances. Um, so that that's kind of important. I, you know, as you're, you're thinking about prophecy, uh, this idea of persecution being part of it uh, will help you to uh, interpret passages and to understand them better. Um, just a couple examples. We won't turn to these. You can go ahead and look at them. But Matthew 24, the Olivet Discourse, um, woven in through Jesus' teaching about the end times and about his return, is the idea of persecution. Um, the book of Daniel, as you read, you know, this is a very prophetic book uh, in the Old Testament. 
um, the concept of persecution is uh, all throughout the book of Daniel. It's it's it's, it's very much a part of of the book. And then, uh, of course, when we turn to the book of Revelation, we have the this same theme. Now, these are all obviously uh, very significant. Uh, books and chapters concerning prophecy, concerning the end times, and what you also see is that they uh, speak much about this topic of persecution. So let's just look at this first word again. We'll look at tribulation next time, but uh, in the Greek, it's the word diagomos. It's your Strong's number thirteen seventy five in the Greek, and uh, it means, basically, it comes from a, a root word, meaning to be chased, to be pursued, and um, I think it's it's best illustrated um, in Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. Now, Saul, um, of course, Paul wrote the, the letter to the second, uh, to the Thessalonican church, uh, and uh, yet here we have him um, you know, before he was saved and the Lord touched him and changed his name uh, here as Saul. Um, he's a picture of what um, persecution was all about. It says, now Saul was consenting to his death and at that time a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore those uh, who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. So there you have it uh, in real uh, life there, the idea of persecution. There was a literal chasing after and pursuing that that uh, Paul the Apostle uh, did to the early church members. Now, um, God uses this, and, and I guess hopefully this will become clear as we study this topic um, obviously God uh, is allowing persecution to happen in the early church persecution is prophesied to happen in the future it has happened all throughout church history and God uses it for various uh, reasons and um, you know uh, I, I think we want to understand that uh um, that there is a there's a purpose to persecution, and, and again, I, I think if we we get a, a, a handle on the the purpose of persecution, um, or at least even if we don't come to a full understanding of what it's all about, uh, at least an acceptance, a yielding to the fact that uh, God is using this and we as his servants will walk in the same footsteps as our master who uh, of course himself was was persecuted but uh, in terms of um, 
some of the purposes uh, of it. Uh, Matthew 13, the parable of the soils. We can't uh, go through the whole thing there, but let me just read a little. Verse 18, Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. So it's never good when a believer stumbles. Uh, they're in danger uh, at that point. But you see here some of the concepts that we saw over in Second Thessalonians, the persecution, the tribulation, the idea of enduring. Um, <clears throat> so one of the things certainly that uh, the Lord uses persecution for is to test our root system. Um, in this case, those who have shallow roots, they will be the ones who will stumble and obviously God would desire for us to have deep roots in him and uh, not stumble when trial and tribulation comes along. So God has his purposes for uh, bringing persecution uh, to the church. Uh, it, uh, uh, I guess it, uh, it, it shows who <laughs> uh, is in the right spot with God. Um, now, Paul, let's just add to this, Paul talks about uh, a little bit about his view of persecution. Second Corinthians 12, uh, verse 10, he says this, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, and here's our word, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. He, di he didn't take pleasure in persecution just for the sake of taking pleasure in it, but if it was for Christ's sake, uh, he took pleasure in it. And then he says this, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So um, Paul realized that in his humility and his brokenness, the strength of Christ was revealed, the grace of the Lord was revealed, and um, in order to produce that at times, uh, persecutions, distresses, and infirmities uh, would be required. Uh, also, Second Timothy chapter 3, Paul talks a little bit more about uh, this idea of persecution, and he says this, But you have carefully followed, he's writing to Timothy, my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So, we're uh, we're going to go on and get into a little bit more detail when we get onto the word for tribulation. But 
you could see right away that um, not only is, uh, especially, well, you'll have to go and look up the verses I gave you. We didn't look at them, but um, if you do, you'll see that tribulation, persecution, it's woven into the prophetic pass uh, passages. Uh, it's just part of it. And uh, as uh, as you study some of the other passages in the Bible, uh, we're specifically looking at some here from the New Testament, you'll see that God has a purpose for it. And uh, we'll we'll get that more as we go into the uh, the word for tribulation. Um, but Paul gloried in these things. He he realized that God was working a good plan. And uh, in fact, he he said that um, um, you know a, a Christian people who live godly lives they will suffer persecution. In fact, these things are appointed for us, and so um, so that that's uh, uh, just a first study to get us going on this idea of persecution, and um, just uh, seeing it as um, an important aspect of uh, our study of the end times um, and uh, we'll uh, we'll take a look at the word uh, for tribulation we are in 2nd Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 3 and 4 say we are bound to thank God always for you brethren as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. And we looked at the word persecution. This time we're going to focus in on the word tribulation. And um, just to repeat these concepts uh, form the, the, the backdrop uh, for our, our study of um, end times prophecy woven in through all of the passages uh, concerning the end times is this idea of persecution and tribulation. So we want to have a good handle on it and uh, understand God's purpose and um, also see how God is using it for good in our lives. So this word tribulation, it's from the Greek word thalipsis, and uh, it's Strong's number 2347. It means to crush or to squeeze. Um, Paul, uh, of course, he includes it here in Second Thessalonians chapter 1, but it, he also uses this word, um, I think it's about five times in First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians, and uh, he says this real important uh, verse over here, this important concept, First Thessalonians 3, verse 3, he says that no one should be shaken by these afflictions, that word affliction is our word tribulation, um, for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. Now, we referred to this in the, the first study, but um, 
we are appointed to tribulation. Now, we, uh, you know, the, the, the Christian experience in America has been an anomaly when you look at church history and you look at Christianity in, in other cultures. Um, you know, the, the, the biblical principles are uh, foundational to uh, the establishment of our, our country and um, you know, I know that it, there's there's debates about uh, you know whether or not the founding fathers were Christians. Um, what's definitely not debated is whether or not we uh, we have Judeo-Christian principles that are part of the the founding of our country, and um, and you know with 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 that history, uh, we've had many privileges and many freedoms and. So um, the the crushing, the squeezing, generally speaking, uh, has n not happened in America like it happens in other countries. I, I think we are persecuted, and but in different ways. Um, this verse is important because uh, you know should things change in our own country, we want to have uh, the mindset to say that we're appointed to these things and God is doing a good thing through them and in fact um, if we look over in John chapter 16 the Lord says that uh, we're going to have uh, you know trouble in the, war, in the world and um, so we we, uh, um, we could be prepared in mind not that we're looking forward to trial and tribulation but um, uh, instead of saying, "And eh, you know, this this stuff has never happened before. Why is it happening?" We can be a little bit more prepared uh, in mind to say, "Hey, this is par for the course for a Christian." Um, Jesus said this: "Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come, that you will be scattered. There's that idea of persecution, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me." These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So Jesus says just flat out, in the world you're going to have tribulation. Now, Paul clearly understood that, and um, he he had, uh, you know, well, he had a, a, an attitude about persecution that, that we all want to embrace. Um, Romans 5, verse 3, he says this, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, character, hope, it goes on. He understood that, that God was using tribulation to conform him into the image of Christ. And um, he gloried in his tribulation. He understood that when he was weak, uh, the, the the strength of Christ could be shown. Over in Second Corinthians chapter four, he says this: "For our light affliction—that's our word tribulation—which is but for a moment—is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of." glory so he says our tribulation our affliction is 
is momentary when, when you compare it to eternity. And once again, he says, it's working in us. Uh, and he has this phrase here, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You'll notice in a lot of these passages about persecution and tribulation, there is the associated idea of glory, the glory of God being worked into us. Uh, Romans chapter 8, um, Paul continues to talk about this, and this is an incredible chapter, but jumping around here, um, he says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Remember, we were created to be the image bearers of the Lord God, um, to glorify Him, but we have sinned and fall short of His glory. And by coming to Christ and yielding to Him, God is remaking us, and He's causing, verse 28, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. So, we are being transformed into the image of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is a glorious image and it's quite often through the trials the tribulation that we go through the crushing, the squeezing uh, we walk in the footsteps of our master who went through the crushing, the squeezing uh, we see that most clearly in the garden of Gethsemane and then Paul adds this in verse 35 he says who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword uh, Paul had such a, a a wonderful perspective on this he, he knew that God was using it for good and that God had a plan and that uh, his time on this earth was short and he fully understood that there was nothing that could separate him from the love of Christ even tribulation and persecution. Now, we we're doing a study on prophecy, and we have spoken a lot about prophecy being not a simply a prediction and then a fulfillment, but but uh, more of a pattern that we see throughout Scripture. Well, um, if we look to the Book of Acts here, we'll see um, that uh, this is true here for this topic of persecution, and we should expect that. Um, speaking about Joseph, Acts 7, verse 9, and the patriarchs becoming envious sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him and delivered him out of all his troubles and gave him favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Now a famine and great trouble came over all the land of Egypt and Canaan, and our fathers found no sustenance. Now that phrase there, great trouble, can be translated as great tribulation. Joseph 
and Jacob and the brothers um, they went through a period of great tribulation and God delivered them out of it uh, later on in the book of Acts chapter 14 Paul and the apostles uh, they were ministering to the churches and he says this uh, or it says this that they were strengthening the souls of the disciples exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God we must now that word there uh, that phrase many tribulations can also be translated great tribulations that word many can mean great Paul is saying we will go through difficult times in fact we must go through them before we enter into the kingdom of God and so um, Paul uh, he understood that this was normal uh, for us as uh, as Christians and I, I think this, this idea of um, persecution and tribulation um, we we want to understand what the whole New Testament says about it because this phrase right here great tribulation this is a, a, a big phrase when it comes to the study of prophecy and I think um, we automatically assume that great tribulation um, is not for Christians that will be exempt from it and I'm not saying that we're going to be in the great tribulation but I think what I guess I'm trying to say is um we got nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ tribulation or persecution will not and if God has some manner of tribulation for us that that's okay he's working a good plan and uh, and so you know when we talk about uh the great tribulation and the second coming let's keep um these ideas here about uh, you know, especially from Paul, um, about you know what what tribulation and persecution does for us and how it's producing uh, a, a glorious thing in our lives. So uh, you know the the church in Thessalonica they they definitely got that idea, and um, we're going to look at how they responded to the persecution and the uh, tribulations that they went through. Uh, Paul was you know, real excited at their their response. Um you know, he was he was proud of, of uh how they were handling it. And um uh, he he says this in chapter one, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. So we we looked at uh, the idea of persecutions and tribulations trying to uh you know briefly um emphasize uh how um 
this is an important topic. It's it's it is the uh, the the backdrop to um, a study of uh, end times prophecy uh, woven into um, many of the passages concerning uh, the end times is the idea of persecution and tribulation. Now, as we come to this this last aspect of uh, enduring with uh, faith and patience, we you know th- again uh, th- this is the most important because um, Jesus said John sixteen, then as Paul said. Uh, we will have tribulation. I mean, that's it's going to come one way or the other in our lives. Uh, we're going to have um, a testing of our faith. Um, the key question for us is what do we do with it? Will we grow as a result? Will we, um, and, and I want to remind you to, to always be looking for this word, will we glorify God in it all? will we share in the glory of Christ. Um, now, the Lord certainly intends for all of that to happen. There's no question about it. Uh, it's, I guess, um, you know, it, it, it's the ball is in our court, and what will we do about it? What will be our response? And uh, Lord willing that uh, we will, like the church in Thessalonica we will endure with faith and patience and and it, it's not something we're covering here right now in this section but we know uh, the importance of this that we'll do this all because we love God we love him and we love other people without love we are nothing so we know it does start there um, but this idea of enduring with faith and patience is used now uh, huge um now when we take these three words that appear um uh, right here in the the opening chapter of second Thessalonians what what we get is the idea of this that the 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 Christians in Thessalonica as they were uh, being uh, persecuted as they went through tribulation they endured through it with uh, this patient hope they had a uh, a confident hope they 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 submitted themselves they freely accepted the will of God and uh, with uh, a confidence in their heart a hope in their heart a looking to heaven knowing where they were going and that they were going to share in the glory of God they uh, they went through these things and and we'll see God has uh, um, it, it, it produces a, a, an incredible witness we'll look at that right in our closing um, so we have a need for patience I'm going to focus in on patience we talk a lot about faith often believing the Lord trusting Him trusting in His Word I want to uh, just look at a few um, verses in the Bible to show uh, our need for patience to uh, you know to have this confident hope 
in the work of God and to endure through the things that we're going through. Um, Luke chapter 8, verse 15, we're returning to the parable of the soils. And uh, again, I, I would recommend you get in there and read the whole thing just for the sake of time. I'm skipping around, but speaking about the good soil, the Lord says this, but the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. So bearing fruit, this is obviously something that we want. We want a fruitful life. We want <laughs> we want to be conformed into the image of Christ. And um, so the Lord says right away that this issue of patience is uh, all wrapped up in having the good soil. Um, Hebrews chapter 10, the author speaks about this issue here. Uh, a couple of spots, uh, or a number of spots, and we're, we're going to look at just two. Chapter 10, um, verse 36, For you have a need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So here we have our idea of patient endurance. Notice what it says, for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. So Paul encourages them, you, you're in the faith, you're, you're not going to draw back. Although I, you know, it's reading the rest of Scripture, you know it, it's a possibility, but he's thinking the best here. And why would anybody want to turn away from the Lord anyway? Um, and so he says, look, we have a need for endurance that after we've done the will of God, we can receive the promise. And you'll notice that's all tied together, uh, which we're going to go to next in our study, um, uh, our midweek study. It's, it's tied up, verse 37, with the coming of the Lord. Um, along these same lines of uh, the need to endure, uh, and, and here's a very encouraging verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, goes on in verse 2. So we uh, are called to run our race with endurance, to have this patient hope, this confident hope in the work of the Lord our God. Now this comes out very clearly over one book over in the book of James. Um, a farming analogy, verse 7 of chapter 5. Therefore, be patient, brethren. Notice, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit 
of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. And so oh Lord, the Lord has a good plan. We learn this from the book of Job. If you labor through it, you see that God was working a plan. And boy, this, this verse here in James chapter 5 really sums up so much of what we've been talking about. And it's going to lead us on into uh, the next section about the coming of the Lord. Now, one other verse uh, at the end of Second Thessalonians, uh, Paul, uh, we, we, the Lord is the author and the finisher, as we just read there. And he begins a good work in us and he'll complete it. And uh, you, we get this idea here, Second Thessalonians 3, verse 5. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. So, yes, we're called to have the right response. We're called to have faith and patience to endure, to do the will of God. But we know that it begins and it ends with the Lord and that he'll work out his plan in us if we'll simply yield to him. He'll give us the power, the strength, everything that we he'll give us everything we need to accomplish what he desires to accomplish in our lives. So, um, now, I think, just to close the minutes here, um, when, you know, we're, we're thinking about this topic about tribulation and persecutions in the end times, um, the Bible is very clear. Uh, look, if we love the Lord and we're going to be His bride, we, we just... We'll, we'll, you know, be longing for that day to be with him. Uh, we'll, uh, uh, you, you won't be able to contain it. You, you'll just be looking for his return, longing to be with him and to move on. And, and we'll see the sin of the world and we'll cry out and want to, in a lot of ways, get out of here because we're broken. But at the same time, and that's why I think this is really important what we're focusing in on here um, like Jesus we say not my will be done but thy will be done and we're willing to endure we're willing to go through the garden of Gethsemane we're willing to go through the sufferings and then one day share in the power of the resurrection in fact we could share in that now it's just not in its fullness um, we want to have this idea here. Uh, we want to be prepared. We want to understand that, hey, uh, it is right to endure and to be patient. That James chapter 5 verse is uh, huge. And now, um, just quickly, and it will bring us to the, the next uh, 
section if we do do this uh, look what the Lord says is for our uh, gospel did not oh, that's chapter 1 uh, or First Thessalonians 1 2 um, Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 5 he says if we're doing all this it's manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God which you also suffer and then verse 6 and 7 since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels so um, God's not going to leave us here in this state we endure and uh, the coming is coming the Lord is coming and he shall reign for a thousand years